Just read again. Uh, Genesis chapter 8 and verse 1. And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters were assuaged. Well, we come uh, to this eighth chapter uh, in Genesis. And uh, my message today, as you can see from this chapter, is uh, Noah exiting the ark and Noah entering uh, into the new world. Finally, we left Noah uh, last week and his family floating uh, in the ark uh, upon those, uh, the waters of the flood. He'd been obedient uh, to the Lord right from the very beginning. He got the message uh, to build the ark. He started building. He built according to the dimensions that were given to him. He followed uh, the orders that God had, uh, had given to him. And uh, then, once it was built, he, he was there, he waited uh, until the Lord told him to go in uh, to the ark. Seven days' notice he was given, uh, and the Lord said, in seven days' time, uh, the floods are going to come, prepare to go in, and he obeyed again, and he got the ark ready, stocked it up, the animals came in, and then on that seventh day, we read, we saw last week, uh, the Lord shut him in. The Lord shut him in to the ark and kept him safe. And then the floods came, the waters came. From above, the rain fell. The foundations of the earth broke up. Waters gushed out and flooded the whole land. A, a global flood. Destruction to all, all, uh, all the, the land animals uh, that were outside uh, the ark, all the, uh, all the birds, uh, all the creeping things outside were destroyed, were lost their lives. Only those that were in the ark were safe. Well, 150 days that rain and water was beating against the ark. It's a long time, isn't it, to, to, to be under such, uh, in such a condition. Imagine you're in the ark. And uh, no, while Noah was told, he was given notice very specific notice, in seven days' time, the ark, the water's going to come, the flood's going to come. He was not given any information as to when it was going to finish, when it was going to end. He had no idea when he was in the ark how long he would be in the ark. But here we read even after 150 days, uh, he is still inside. But after 150 days, the waters uh, are going uh, to abate. But here we read, in verse 1, at this point, God remembered Noah. God remembered Noah and every living thing that was in the ark. Had he forgotten? Had God forgotten uh, his uh, servant? Had it slipped his mind? Was he so busy in the act of judging the outside world? So occupied, could he only manage one thing at a time? No, of course not. Uh, he hadn't uh, forgotten uh, the ark, he hadn't forgotten Noah and uh, its inhabitants. But it's, it's a way of saying that God is now going to act. When it says God remembered Noah, it means that God is now going to act and do something uh, on uh, his behalf. Now God is going to help uh, Noah. Noah's been left, as it were, uh, in the ark on his own with, uh, with the animals and, and his family. And he hasn't heard anything from God. And he hasn't seen anything to suggest even 
that there's a new world that is coming. And perhaps Noah is getting anxious uh, in the ark. And he's getting a bit troubled. Why is, why is it uh, so long? He is, after all, even though he's a righteous man, a good man, a man of faith, a man of obedience, he is also at the same time a man of like passions as you and I. And you can imagine he must have been to a certain degree uh, troubled. He must have thought maybe to himself, why didn't God do it in a week? Why didn't God just judge the world in one week? Uh, why does it, does it have to take so long? And maybe it almost seems to Noah as if he has been uh, forgotten. Has God forgotten to be gracious? But no, now God moves uh, to, to show to Noah that he hasn't forgotten and he's going to help Noah and he's going to bless Noah and to be merciful uh, to him. And uh, he cannot uh, forget uh, Noah. And he's going, to, uh, he's going to give him an indication that he is beginning to work on his behalf and helping him by making these waters assuage and recede, uh, as, as we will see. And it's uh, an encouragement for us, uh, firstly, friends, that God is always mindful of his people. If we are truly his, if we belong to the Lord, he never forgets us. He never, uh, uh, he cannot forget us. We are imprinted, as it were, on the palms of his hands. Christ has died for us. Now that even though he's in heaven, uh, he is, uh, and he may seem to be far away, he is aware uh, of our situations. He cannot uh, forget uh, us and what we are going through in this world. Isaiah 49, verse 15, I'm sure you know it. Zion, the church, says, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. And what did the Lord reply? Oh, can a woman forget her sucking child? Yea, they may forget. Even a mother may forget her sucking child. Yet will I not forget thee. Wonderful, encouraging words. God never forgets his people. We may uh, be in difficult circumstances. The Lord may even seem distant to us. And we cannot get at him and uh, have the enjoyment of him maybe as we had before. And we may think in a trial that he has forgotten us. And it may be a long time. But wait for him, friends. Don't give up. You wait for him. He hasn't forgetten, forgotten you. And soon he will work uh, to bring you out of that trial. Well, so... In this case, Noah, or rather the Lord, sends a wind to pass over the waters, and the waters begin to subside. The rain from above finally stops, and the, the fountain stop uh, gushing forth with that water that stops. Every, the waters then gradually keep on uh, subsiding. And then until two months later, two months after it begins to subside, the ark grounds uh, to a halt, must be with a very a physical uh, uh, felt thud. It comes to a halt on the mountains of Ararat, probably a, pl a plateau uh, on, on one of these mountains. Now, a number of people think it's actually Mount Ararat. I don't know. It doesn't say, actually. Yeah, if you look very carefully, it says the mountains of Ararat, the region. Uh, of those mountains, which is located, uh, as, as you know, in eastern Turkey. So we cannot say for definite it is Mount Ararat. Some people think it's actually eastern, uh, sorry, southern uh, Iraq. 
and they've, worked, they've, they've gone through some of the biblical data and they come up with some arguments for that. But it hasn't been found either way. We don't know where the ark is. And maybe one day in the future, people will discover it. Sometimes people said, we've seen it, I've seen it, and then investigation teams are sent out and they can't find it. Uh, so we, d we don't know, there have been uh, people uh, have been unsuccessful uh, so far. Uh, but where did all that water go? There was such a huge amount of water. Well, where did it all uh, disappear? Well, it receded back, friends, into the oceans uh, of the world. Uh, the, at, at that time, or before the flood, there was, uh, as we know, just one, one continent. Uh, but then, probably as a result of this catastrophe, uh, there was a breakup of that one continent into the continents that we have today, and uh, the flood water would have gradually receded into the, the oceans uh, of the land as we have it uh, today. Some of these oceans, <laughs> well, they're, they're, they're very deep. They don't appear to be, but they're they're, uh, the depth of the oceans is tremendous. In some places, especially like in the Pacific, but in some places, the, the length of uh, the, the, the depth is, is, even, is even higher than the, the height of uh, uh, Mount Everest. Yeah? So you can imagine how, how deep these, some of these basins are. So we would imagine all the water has gone uh, into, back into these uh, oceans. So we could say, where are, in answer to the question, where is the ocean, where is the flood water? We're still with us uh, today. We're still surrounded uh, by it on every side. But verse 5, we come to, uh, and the waters decrease continually until the 10th month. In the 10th month, on the first day of the month, were the tops of the mountains seen. So the water is gradually, gradually going down. And then finally, this is day 224 since the flood began. Finally, Noah, from his vantage point, where well, he can see uh, just the tops of the mountains. At last, some hope. At last, after such a long time seeing nothing, he now sees just this small part of the land, just the mountains' tops are, vis are visible. And Noah's hope is revived again, and his uh, faith is quickened again, and his, uh, his hope uh, in what God has promised comes alive again. You can think of it, I'm sure you've, you've come across this like a, a sailing ship uh, out on the ocean, uh, from previous times, caught up maybe in some terrible uh, uh, storm, a storm maybe where their, their mast is, is broken and then they lose their bearings and the, the storm is so great uh, that they uh, have to, in a sense, throw everything aboard and they, they're lost, they're lost uh, in, in direction, they're lost in hope, they don't know where they're going, they're at the behest maybe of the wind and the waves and they lose all hope uh, and day and night this goes on for weeks and weeks and that the all hope of survival disappears and then suddenly you hear the cry land ahoy land ahoy and uh, everyone comes up on the deck everyone's hope is revived uh, once again and when they, when they sight uh, of uh, land and it's in a sense, uh, uh, something similar here. When Noah uh, sees the tops of the mountains, it's a good indication to him. Waters indeed are receding, and soon 
they will be able to leave the ark. What's a lesson for us from this, friends? When we think of prayer, we pray and we pray. Sometimes uh, the Lord doesn't uh, answer immediately. Sometimes the Lord keeps us waiting and we keep on praying and we, nothing seems to be happening. We pray maybe especially for a soul, maybe one of those people on our prayer list. We've been praying for them for years and we see no change. And we keep on praying and we keep on waiting, no change. And then suddenly, maybe out of the blue, something happens in their life and they ask you a question. And they ask you uh, uh, about your faith. And suddenly the Lord begins maybe to move. It's like a sign. It's like the top of the mountain of what's coming uh, that uh, the Lord is giving you a little indication, a little encouragement to carry on uh, praying for that person. Same with us as a church, isn't it? For years and years, for months and months, years and years, we're praying for, for blessing, praying for growth, praying for people to come in uh, to the church, to join us in the work. And we see so little, so little happening sometimes to encourage us. But then suddenly maybe something does happen. And uh, somebody does come in and says, I want to join the church. I want to join the membership. I want to be with you. I want to serve with you. It was like the tops of the mountains is being seen. Oh, God is moving. God is hearing our prayer. And maybe uh, this is the sign of uh, some uh, uh, change and some blessing coming uh, from the Lord. The, little, the, the cloud the size of a man's hand. And I hope his name is revived again. And then we pray more earnestly when we see these little encouragements uh, from the Lord. Well, verse 6 to 12, uh, there we have uh, Noah gathering intelligence. <clears throat> it's uh, 40 days uh, on from that time he's first seen uh, uh, the tops of the mountains. And he opens the window of the ark which is made and he sends forth uh, a raven. He's seen uh, from his vantage point, he can see uh, very little. He can only see uh, the, the tops of the mountains. He cannot see the ground. He has no idea how far the water has subsided. And so he's going to use uh, these uh, birds to gather uh, intelligence. He's, uh, he's, not, he's living by faith, and yet at the same time, he is active. He's, he's doing something. He's not just sitting passively in the ark. He's, there's a, a keenness, a curiosity to, in him to know what is going on outside, what is happening in the world uh, around me. And so first to check the level of the water, he sends out uh, this raven, the bird of prey, and a, a, a bird that feeds, as you know, on, on carrion. And the raven goes uh, uh, forth, back and forth. It flies out from the ark and it flies back again. Uh, and again and again it, it does this. Perhaps it feeds on carrion that it finds. But it never entered into the ark again. And well, that, that bird really wasn't very helpful uh, to Noah. So seven days later, he sends out a dove, a bird that uh, flies at a lower altitude and is naturally disposed uh, to return home, uh, to a home and especially to her mate. And uh, we read of this, this dove that when it went out, it, it also probably went uh, f flying uh, uh, 
at a, at a distance, but he found no place, no rest for the sole of her foot. And so she returned unto him into the ark. She returns a weary and worn out bird from all that flying. And then we read that at the end, those beautiful words. Look at that in verse, end of verse 9. Then Noah put forth his hand and took her and pulled her in unto him into the ark. Here is this weary bird flying back and he uh, pulls her uh, to his chest, as it were, and, and, and comforts uh, her and, uh, and uh, looks, takes care of her. It's a picture, friends, as well, we could say, of us, isn't it? Before we knew the Lord, we were wandering to and fro. We were going from place to place seeking rest. We thought we could find rest in the things of this world. We tried one thing, that didn't satisfy us. We tried another thing, that didn't satisfy us. We were weary even in a sense with, with, and disappointed with what we were finding in the world. But when we came to Christ, when we came to faith in Jesus Christ, or he, as, it were, as, as Noah here, he took us in. He took us into himself. He drew, drew us close to himself, and we found a rest for our spiritual weariness, rest from the troubles of sin, which has annoyed us and uh, disturbed, disturbed us, rest from the judgment that is to come. We found it uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ. He dealt, just as Noah here, dealing very gently with this bird. So the Lord deals so gently uh, with us, uh, his uh, people, in such a tender way, not as our sins uh, deserve. Well, the bird, uh, now the dove is sent out yet another seven days uh, after. Uh, <coughs> so this, <coughs> in, in verse 10, and this time the dove uh, came back, came into him carrying an olive leaf to show that yeah, the waters really are now quite low because the trees are becoming visible. And so it picked off a, a recently, it, uh, it plucked off a, a, an olive leaf and came back with that in its beak uh, to, to Noah. And that's helpful again to Noah. Again, more intelligence. Oh, the water's even lower than, uh, than before. And because the trees are now uh, visible. And you can notice as well, friend, how things are happening here in sevens. Noah is thinking in terms of sevens, just like the, 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 the creation week. It happened, as we saw, uh, the, those seven days. That's still instilled also in Noah's mind. And some people think that it was on the Sabbath days he was actually sending out. After worship, family worship, he was sending out uh, these, uh, this dove and the raven uh, to, to check what was happening outside. So for a third time, uh, seven days later, a third time he sends out uh, the dove, and this time she doesn't return. And uh, she's found access to food outside. She's found a place uh, that uh, she's, uh, uh, where she can uh, rest, and she's found liberty now. And she's, so she doesn't return again uh, to uh, the ark. But this is a, a, a lesson, just a point I want to bring out from this part, and that is gathering intelligence, friends. Uh, we are just like Noah. He sent out, as it were, these, these doves, the, these birds, to find out what is happening outside. Well, we also have to be 
thoughtful believers, I think. I think we have to think and be recognize what is happening outside. We don't want to just stick in, a, as it were, a Christian huddle and just uh, be oblivious to what is happening outside of us. We need to be aware. And what, uh, even by knowing what's happening in the newspapers and seeing what the things which are happening there and then checking that with the scriptures because that will enlighten us. We're sort of gathering intelligence to see, for example, in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1, where we read about the Spirit saying expressly what's going to happen in the last days. And when you read that list and you, read, you see what is happening in the world today, you, the only conclusion you can come to is that we must be living in the last days. Here are some of those things that I mentioned in 2 Timothy 3 verse 1. People, what will they be like? People will be lovers of their own selves. People will be covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers. People will be disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, and so the list goes on. And it ends up with lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Isn't that a description of our day and our culture uh, that, we're, that we are uh, living in? And so it's, it's a good idea to, to, to see what's happening so that we can, and then come back to the scriptures so that we can be aware of what God uh, is doing. And, and, and in this case, of the nearness of our Lord's uh, return. Well, verse 13 uh, to 14, uh, day 314. And this is Noah. He, he then removes uh, the ark. Sorry, I beg your pardon. Removes the ark's uh, covering. So now he, he can uh, see the ground. And look what he sees. Verse 13, at the end, behold, the face of the... Uh, Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. And you might think, oh, it's, that's a good sign, isn't it? That's a good sign. That means Noah uh, can, uh, can go out. But it's only the surface of it looked dry. It wasn't hardened. It was still wet earth. It was still muddy. It was still slimy. It wasn't fit for people and animals to tread on. They would have sunk if, such, if they had done so. But from the sight of it, it looked as if it was dry. And from Noah looking down, he may have thought, well, this is the time, let's get out. Now, surely, this is, this is an indication from the Lord that we must go out. But no, he didn't. He still waits uh, for God to tell him uh, to leave. And then it's, he waits and waits two months, almost two months more he is in the ark. And then, verse 14, we read, Then was the earth uh, dried. Then God spoke to him and told him to leave. Verse 16, uh, God said to Noah, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife and thy sons, and thy sons' wives with thee. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee, of all flesh, both of fowl and of cattle, of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, that they may breed abundantly in the earth, and be fruitful, and multiply upon the earth. And Noah went forth, and his sons, and his wife, and his sons' wives, and uh, so on. So, uh, 
370 days, almost around that figure. It's a little bit debatable uh, that they were at least a year that no one his family and the animals were in that ark. And now, at last, they come forth. But, friends, don't run ahead of the Lord. Don't run ahead of the Lord. You have a decision to make in life. It's a big decision. You have a decision about your job. You have a decision to make about moving home. Well, you, you survey your options, and you think, well, uh, imagine... I think this is a very good option. Maybe you can, in your imagination, you can see yourself uh, working or living, working in that scenario or living in such a, an environment and such a neighborhood. And you think, oh, there's an opportunity uh, for me. And maybe things seem to be going that way and seem to be pointing you in that direction. And you may think, oh, that looks good. It must be the Lord who is leading me uh, in that direction. Wait. Wait first, pray first, make sure that the Lord is definitely leading you. Don't only judge by your providential circumstances. Things don't always appear as they seem to be. Things are not always as they are. It may look good on the outside, but the surface of the ground was only dry. It may just be on the surface. And God knows that if you, you go that path, Maybe you'll end up in a sticky way. Maybe you'll end up in sinking sands in that particular scenario. So wait his timing. Maybe it's not his will for you to go down that path. Be like Noah. Wait until you get the go-ahead. And then uh, when you're sure, you can follow and you'll be, uh, you know the Lord's uh, blessing. Verses 20 to 22, uh, finally. The first act of Noah, what is it? <laughs> When he gets off that boat, what's he going to do? His first act, friends, is worship. Worship. Curiosity may have led him to investigate the new world. Oh, let's see. Let's, let's go on a, on a trip. Let's take an adventure. There's all these mountains and all these new things we've never seen before. Let's see what this world is like. No. Worship first. Or maybe we should construct a house and build a house. Because we need a house, we need a place to live, we need a place to put all our, 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 our cattle and so on. No, first thought is worship. He's so grateful to the Lord. Such a great deliverance has been granted to him and his family. And he wants to express his thankfulness uh, to the Lord. So he first uh, builds an, an altar, verse 20, and then offers upon that altar... Uh, of every clean beast and of every clean fowl, a one. You remember how uh, we look, look, saw last week? He took an extra one uh, for of seven of uh, seven of the clean uh, beasts and fowl, and one extra one was for uh, for the sacrifice. And that's what he sacrifices uh, here: uh, sacrifice to the Lord, sacrifice of thanksgiving. Yes but also probably uh, a recognition once again of that uh, faith that he had in the promised uh, Savior. A, a, a sacrifice also that spoke of an atonement uh, for sin. And uh, he expressed these things in this sacrifice. And then look at verse 21. The Lord smelled a sweet savor. Well, of course, this is... Uh, <laughs> The, you know, the, uh, the human language being used to help us understand 
how the Lord feels about this particular act of Moses. It's not as if the Lord uh, appreciates savory scents like a roast lamb or, or you know, barbecue chicken or something like that. It's not saying that kind of thing, but it's saying that this, this uh, scent, which, you know, which we find delightful, well, was delightful to the Lord, acceptable to him, the worship, and it was delightful to him as well. He appreciated uh, the, uh, the, these things. He took delight in the worship of Noah. Oh, friends, when we worship the Lord, when we, when we come before him and we lift up uh, his attributes, when we praise him, when we rejoice in the atonement, these things are uh, delightful to him. Not only acceptable, of course, through Christ, but it also pleases him. And he finds a joy in when we worship. When we worship him in, in, uh, in private, in our personal devotions, and also, and especially we could say, when we come together, uh, as in tonight or on the Lord's Day, uh, to worship him, the Lord delights in the worship that ascends to him. And like Noah, friends, this should be also a primary thing with us. It was with Noah, the first thing he does is uh, worship, and we have to ask ourselves, is worship the primary thing in my life? Am I first and foremost a worshiper of the living God? This must be uh, attended to before anything else, before my own things. I must make it a priority. My number one priority in life is that I am a worshiper of the triune God. When I begin my devotions, usually, often we say, begin with adoration, begin with praise uh, to the Lord, and then uh, come later to your needs. Well, verse 21 goes on to say, uh, talk about the Lord said, I will not again curse the ground uh, any more for man's sake, because for the imagination of man's heart is evil, uh, and, and so on. That may sound, well, you may read that and say, well, Lord, that sounds a bit like a contradiction, isn't it? Because didn't you just destroy the whole world because man's heart was evil, because of the wickedness of man? How, how can you say, say this in, in this place? It doesn't seem, seems to contradict everything that has just gone before. But what, what is the text is saying is, or what the Lord is saying is, man is not going to change. Man is still going to be sinful. Even now, after the flood, still his, his uh, heart, his nature uh, is, uh, is still uh, sinful. And if God, is going to, uh, is, if God judges him every time, then God will be perpetually judging him all the time. It will be judgment, judgment, judgment all the time because man is a perpetual a sinner. It'll, and it will just go on uh, in this kind of way. So the, Lord's, the Lord says that he won't, uh, he won't uh, judge the world in such a way. Let this one occasion be an example to you of his righteous judgment. Let it be an example to people to turn uh, to him, to walk righteously. Let this be an example that the faith in Christ is the safe place uh, to be. And uh, it also tells us uh, that uh, here uh, there, there will never be a global flood, such a catastrophe as this again. 
verse 22, While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. A promise from God that we will be, in a sense, provided for. We will have a, a sufficient, this world will be provided for until, the, but only for a period. Only for a period. While the earth remaineth in its present condition. There is another judgment coming. Another a global judgment coming, which we learn about in the New Testament which is when the fire will purge this world and that new world, that new heavens and that new earth will come in. Well, friends, uh, this is our, our message for today. Our, our time will come. This was Noah's time to enter uh, his, uh, his new world and his family. Our time will come to enter into the new heavens and the new earth that God has prepared for us. Wonderful thing. What's the first thing you, you will do when you enter heaven? Worship the Lord. What's the second thing? Worship. And the, but there's also discoveries there also to be made. Wonderful discoveries uh, to be made in that new world. And so let us wait like Noah did in faith and patience uh, and obedience. And remember, God remembers us whilst we wait that time.